welcome back in to the Simon Short Podcast. I am Simon Short. Guys, it is a big week for me off the pod. It is my daughter's first birthday. Um, so our scheduled recording sessions are a little bit different for me this week. Um, I will be out of town for the majority of the week and celebrating that. So I am recording this on Monday afternoon instead of the typical Wednesday night. So I'm not covering the same types of things. I don't have a guest on this week for this pod, but I wanted to get something released to you still on the normal Thursday. Um, and I will not be doing an NBA recap because obviously as you listen to this, we'll know who's in the finals. Game seven is tonight as of recording. I'm not even going to talk about game six, which was wild. Enjoyed celebrating and watching with um, a, a lot of different people on, on both sides of the aisle there. Uh, so shout out to all of you guys that were here watching. But um, crazy game six, a lot of fun. That that series is um, it's going to seven, man, and it's going to be a very interesting one. But we're not going to spend much time on that because it will be old news by the time this comes out. Um also old news by then, but, you know, something I might do something later on down the line, maybe drag somebody in for is uh, Succession ended. That was a great show. Great run. Um, that finale was this week. Not diving into that here, but uh, if you can watch Succession and you can handle watching something where you're not really rooting for anybody, um, yeah, give, give that a look on HBO. So let's get into what we're talking about here today. A topic that I really wanted to explore as the offseason went along and that I've hinted at over on the Phantom Football Podcast is this idea of, okay, it's late May, OTAs are happening now, we're out of the draft, out of rookie minicamp in the NFL, that is, and you might be looking at your team or uh, some teams around the league thinking, now they haven't addressed that position group at all. It, it was a weakness going into the into the offseason, or there were some major outgoing uh, veteran players that they haven't replaced, neither through free agency or the draft. What's going on? And it's, you know, in a lot of cases, at least for the good team. So if you have a, a pretty good team or you're talking about a relatively good team, um, it's because of this reason. And that is there are still a lot of guys that are out there as free agents who are pretty good, usually veterans, usually a little on the older side, but they're waiting to find out what the best situation is going to be. Now, sometimes we see those guys get uh, picked up right after the draft. So the Baltimore Ravens had a great example of this cornerback, Rakia Sin, who uh, was a corner for the Colts and then the Raiders last year. Totally above average corner, was one of the best corners on the free agent market. He's a very high-end corner, too. And throughout the whole free agency period, you think, man, this guy's not getting picked up. There's all these teams that need corners. Um, and that might have been on his end. He wanted to wait and see. He didn't want to go anywhere before the draft. And then the team drafts a first-round corner, and now he's relegated to the bench, right? And then when you're watching your team, and if your team needs a corner and they don't draft one, you're wondering why that is. And, well, maybe they were never going to address it in the draft, or maybe they were only going to do it if this one guy was available when he got taken. They took corner off the board, and they started making some phone calls behind the scenes about some free agents. So I think that's what happened with the Ravens who I don't, I don't have their whole draft pulled up here right now, but I could do that. And um, let's see. Let's go to teams. Let's go to Baltimore because I think they took one late. Uh, yeah, fifth round. Caillou Blue Kelly, who out of Stanford, fifth round guy. They picked at 23, you know, most of the uh, a few, a couple, the top corners, at least, Devon Witherspoon and um, 
Let's see. Uh, Christian Gonzalez were both already picked, obviously. Joey Porter Jr. was still there. Um, Deontay Banks was still there. But, you know, maybe they had those guys a tier below. Zay Flowers, who's really going to trans- transform their offense. But maybe they just didn't like this cornerback class overall. Or maybe they just liked the depth of it so much they wanted to do something late. Someone who's going to be a rotation guy. Someone who's going to develop. But in terms of starter level, starter capable... They liked some of the free agents that were still out there, and they went and got you know one of the better ones from the whole offseason, not just post-draft. So we we see this happen um, a lot of times. I gave the Dolphins a lot of grief for not going with the offensive line at all in the draft uh, until maybe the seventh round, I believe. Um, let's see. I'm going to scroll over to Miami as well. Yeah, seventh round, Ryan Hayes out of Michigan. Because, you know, Cam Smith, the corner out of Carolina, might have been too good to pass up. Uh, Von A-Chain, the running back out of Texas A&M, they took in the third round. Like, Daniels loves, like, has barely been in love with this guy for two years now. And then, you know, I'm giving them a hard time. I'm giving them, like, a D on the draft grades. And then they go get Isaiah Wynn. You know, not not a pro bowler, not an all-pro, not a guy who's going to be your starter for 10 years but a totally average level offensive lineman who should start above Austin Jackson day one, um, despite the tough year he had in New England last year. But that whole offense was a whole different thing that we won't get into today. So with all that said, I wanted to dive into some guys that are still available to be had that are free agents. Um, and then just some, uh, I'll quickly run through what I think you know could be some team needs um, and, and some potential fits for some of those players. But again, mostly, uh, you know, you you out there, you know what your team needs. You know which teams um, that you're looking around or you're familiar with. You know the ones that you're thinking, man, they could really use this. So I want to provide you some of those names, remind everybody of who is still out there. Um, and, and even some guys that are on rosters that were kind of waiting for the fallout of, of, oh, we thought he was going to get cut or we thought he was going to get traded, you know, such as that. This weekend, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, we'll talk about this on in depth over on the Phantom Football Podcast, but um, he just became available, and we've been waiting on that for months. So, you know, some of these teams that still need a receiver, well, there you go. He's out there. Um, sorry, Giants. I, I don't think Daniel Jones is the elite quarterback he wants to play for. But let's get right into it. So let's start with quarterbacks. Now, none of these guys are going to be starters, right? No, no team is sitting here on May 29th as we record June 1st, as you're listening to this, potentially um, thinking we still need a starting quarterback. But if you're thinking, man, my team is starting a rookie and they don't have a good backup or starting a young, unproven guy, they don't have a good backup or wow, we just don't have a backup at all. We haven't addressed the backup quarterback position. Here's a couple of names that are still out there. Carson Wentz, who I know I've given my two cents about Carson Wentz, but hey, you could do worse than him if he's your backup. Um, Maybe. I don't know if I'd actually believe that for my team. But again, from the Madden rating perspective, uh, uh, the the way to talk about quarterbacks that I love to get into, the Madden rating perspective, you could do much worse. Matt Ryan, who's apparently calling games or doing a studio show, but he's not retired. We'll see, but he's out there. Teddy Bridgewater, um, underperforming as a starter for sure, but I think would be a very good backup long-term for any team. And Joe Flacco who is also floating around out there was good for the jets and his spot starts whenever he came in. So there's four guys out there right now that if you're looking at your team's quarterback depth chart and you're thinking, I really wish they had a backup either for potential playing purposes 
or for mentorship purposes for veterans um, who could really be there and help a young guy out or just be good depth in case they have to play four, five, six games in a season. Running back. Now, this one is a much shorter list for me because I'm kind of of the mind of just watch your team's preseason and training camp notes because there might be an undrafted guy or seventh round guy that kind of pops. You know, the Steelers did this last year with Jalen Warren. Um, undrafted rookie free agent, came in a training camp, made a lot of noise, preseason played well, became the team's number two, eventually carved out a legitimate role as the third down back for the Steelers and played very well. So running back is a position that you can heavily do that. But if you think your team needs a guy to fit a specific role or a, a guy to really handle more of a load of carries, or you're just waiting to see, I really thought this team was going to do something at running back. Who could that be? And there's three names. Uh, there's Ezekiel Elliott, who uh, I saw around last week, maybe two weeks ago, could still potentially go back to the Cowboys on a cheaper deal. Um, Leonard Fournette is a veteran that's out there, and Kareem Hunt is out there as well. So all three guys, guys that could play roles, I think, and be in a backfield for a team as a veteran, as a guy in Fournette and Elliott's case who can push a pile and be that physical back if you got kind of a speedier one. Um, Hunt as a third down guy who can catch passes. Uh, so I think all three of those guys, we could see land on a team here soon as a team gets into through OTAs and through training camp um, because that's what these teams are waiting on. You know, I talked earlier about the player uh, waiting for post-draft to see where they want to go. Teams right now might be saying, okay, let's see what these guys have. I mentioned those UDFAs. Let's see what these guys have in terms of, okay, how quickly do they pick up the playbook? Okay, how does their conditioning look? Okay, how, how do they carry themselves now that they have the logo on their chest? Um, through all that, through OTAs and training camp, or if a guy gets hurt, you know, then those guys can be picking up the phone and looking to call a veteran like like one of these guys or any of these other names I'm going to go through. Uh, so Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, and Ezekiel Elliott, I think, could all end up on a roster soon. Um, and if you're looking at a team that needs a running back, this could be one of them. Uh, wide receiver, not a ton here. This wasn't a great wide receiver free agency class, um, but there's a couple. Obviously, I mentioned DeAndre Hopkins earlier. He's going probably going to go to one of these teams that needs a big time or that has a big time quarterback that needs another layer of explosion so the bills the chiefs i think he's mentioned both of those teams i think he's mentioned herbert and the chargers which i would i would like it's kind of similar uh hat on a hat kind of deal um but i could see that uh i think the maybe the eagles and the ravens were the other two teams he mentioned either way he mentioned Good team, Super Bowl contenders with elite quarterbacks. So we'll see what happens with him. Jarvis Landry, a veteran slot receiver. If your team doesn't have a slot guy, that could be an option. Um, two guys I wrote down primarily thinking about the Chiefs because uh, I kind of ha I have wide receiver for them as a position they haven't addressed. Demarcus Robinson or Byron Pringle could either of those guys as jagged type uh, gadget type players come back to Kansas City. And then what's happening with Corey Davis in New York? He was one that was a cut candidate. Uh, before the free agency period even began on March 15th, he's still on the roster. Uh, they signed Alan Lazard to basically the exact same contract, and both guys do the exact same thing. So maybe they're going into OTAs. You know, they traded Elijah uh, Moore to the Jets. Maybe that opens a roster spot. Maybe they see if Davis and, and Rodgers really jive. Maybe they're just making sure nobody gets hurt. But could Corey Davis be on the move, and could he be available if your team needs a receiver, could they flip a fifth-round pick for him? Something like that. Uh, all those guys 
Um, Hopkins, Landry, and Davis, at least, I think could be starting caliber, obviously. Um, and Robinson, Pringle, more gadget type guys. Again, they're more chief specific than anything. Um, but if you're thinking your team could use a number two receiver, uh, a big guy on the outside who blocks in Davis, a slot guy in Landry, or a legitimate potentially number one wide receiver candidate, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Offensive tackle. Um, if your team has bad depth right now, you know, Isaiah Wynn was kind of at the the top level of this for me at, at this position, still a guy that I think can be your full-time starter and be be fine, be totally average. But there's some guys here that depth is so important on the offensive line. You know, we saw this with the Jets last year. They had like four tackles that all went down. Um, and it's so important to have solid guys there. So whether your team needs number three or number four, you want to have good tackles. And, and none of these guys, I would say, are guys that I would count on to start, whether it's for talent or injury reason long-term. Um, but if this is your backup, you would feel pretty good. Two vets, uh, Eric Fisher and Taylor Lewan. Eric Fisher's still around. He didn't get in for the Dolphins at all last year. I don't know if he got hurt in practice or something. Um, I think he's still technically out there looking for a job. I would not feel bad if he was my fourth tackle. Taylor Lewan just hasn't been healthy in three, four years for Tennessee. His play has shown it. But if he comes in as your number three, I think that would be pretty good if he can learn to play the right side. It seems like he's waiting for a, a good circumstance, though. Um, to pop up. So we'll see if an injury kind of uh, leads the lawn to a team. Uh, Brandon Shell and George Fant, I think are two guys that are about average players, maybe slightly below, but uh, two guys who have played in spot starts, been starters for a season or two here or there that I think if they're your number three, I think both can play on both sides. Um, I think you would feel pretty good about that. And then what's happening with the Bengals, Lyle Collins and Jonah Williams, two guys that we were, expecting at least one of to become available at some point this offseason. You know, Jonah Williams asked for that trade after the big signing of Orlando Brown. They have not granted that. Um, Lyle Collins was a guy that we thought, okay, he signed a big contract. He came off the injury. He was hurt again. Hasn't quite worked out. And since he, we thought he might get uh, cut, but both guys are on the roster. So could either be available, could either get cut. Similar to Corey Davis, do you get into training camp? Does a guy get hurt or you don't like your rookie? and you flip a late-round pick for one of them. I think any of those five guys would be interesting. I'm, I'm looking to see where they end up for any of these teams that need a tackle. Uh, interior offensive line, not the sexiest thing to talk about, but I think still pretty interesting. There are a couple teams that could use this, uh, and especially for depth purposes. But, you know, guards, Gabe Jackson, Roger Saffold, who I love, Dalton Reisner, who I was lower on than uh, a lot of things that I saw going into last year. And the Broncos moved on, and he's still a free agent. So you, you might not get a lot there. But average interior offensive lineman who I think could play multiple positions, Saffold in particular, uh, if your team needs a starting guard and you're primarily a run-blocking team, I would have loved him going to the Falcons before they uh, drafted the offensive lineman that they got. I'm going to pull this up on the fly again. Um, Matthew Bergeron where they got Matthew Bergeron. I would have loved Saffold to Atlanta. Uh, so if you've got a team who runs a lot and you think you need a guard, Saffold would be my guy for that. And then center, Ben Jones. You know, there are teams out there that could still use a starting center. Might be looking to see what their their depth looks like right now. Might be looking to see what their rookies look like right now. But Ben Jones, a long time, very good center who I think could still play and come in and be effective for a team. He's probably just waiting for a team to call and say, hey, we have... Uh, a, a number one starting spot open for you. Um, 
switching over to the defense, defensive line. This is, I think, as I go through all the teams, one of the biggest needs I see out there for uh, – or most often uh, among teams. So some defensive linemen that are still out there. Matt Ioannidis, William Goldston, Michael Brockers, Akeem Hicks, Ndamukong Sue, and Linville Joseph. Now, a lot of those guys are depth plays. You know, Hicks, Sue, and Joseph, we know what those guys are at this point. Those guys are – a first and second down rotational pluggers in the middle. You you're an elite team. You want to beef up your goal line defense package. You bring one of those guys on. Uh, Matt Ioannidis is a guy that I think could still play and still be a, a almost probably starter level. You know, if it not not in terms of being a Pro Bowl or an All Pro, but if you've got like a legitimate hole and you're worried about being a run defense liability. Um, Matt Ionis is a guy I'd be looking at. And then Golson and Brockers are somewhere in between. Brockers, uh, I believe, has dealt with some injuries over the last couple of seasons. Um, so he just kind of lost his fit in Detroit. William Goldson has still been a pretty effective player. Those two guys are somewhere in between that. Um, Matt Ionis, who I think could be a legitimate starter still. And then those other three guys who are kind of your rotational pluggers. Um, Brockers, quick correction on that, just last year was hurt. Uh, played in six games for Detroit last season, but has pretty much played almost every game of the season um, going back to 2012 when he was drafted. Let's go to edge. This is a position that we see get added all the time, and, and that's why this is one of the biggest groups I have of players because there are so many guys that are still out there just waiting for the, okay, what's the good team that's going to pay me? Eight to ten million dollars for one year to try and get six or seven sacks as a as a number three or as a you know starter level high rotational type of guy, um, because that's what you need for a Super Bowl run. I personally don't think it's the thing that needs to be the centerpiece of your defense, but it's certainly at least the finishing touch where you need a, a pass rusher, a, a high end guy on the end who can kind of complete that defense and take it to the next level. So there's a lot of names on here. Starting off with Leonard Floyd, who was a cap casualty of the Rams, is still available. Frank Clark, uh, again, cap casualty of the Chiefs, who, you know, we know his postseason sack records and what he looks like in the playoffs, inconsistent run defense, though. Um, but he's out there. Robert Quinn, we thought he was going to be a big deal going to the Eagles. He, you know, was fine, but didn't make the difference we thought he would. But he's out there. Yannick Ngakwe a guy that we've been waiting to kind of pop back off after the one big year he had. Jadavion Clowney's still out there who he's not going to get you those high sack numbers, but he is going to be a good run defender. Don't know how many teams really want him in the locker room the way Cleveland went, but I, I think if you're getting down to the bare bones of it and you're not paying him too much, that could be a pretty good one. Melvin Ingram, a guy who can be moved around. Shelby Harris, we'll see. I don't know what the deal is with him exactly, if he might be going back to Seattle at some point. Carlos Dunlap, who was effective for the Chiefs in a small role, and Kyle Van Noy. All those guys are still out there. I think even if th this is the one where it, your team doesn't necessarily even need to have a hole, but if they can bring one of these guys on for you know four or five million dollars and just kind of be that, and this guy could be a get us two sacks in a playoff game. Um, I, I'm interested to see where all of these guys go because I think all of these guys could have a ha have an impact like that uh, on a really good team linebacker there's still some decent names here if your team's lacking depth or you even think you need kind of a old school thumper type or a guy to play a specific role there's some names here at linebacker jalen smith juan alexander rashawn evans 
Anthony Barr, Miles Jack, who uh, played hurt last year, but I think still has some game to him. Zach Cunningham, Deion Jones. Veteran guys who are all still, I think, serviceable. The linebacker position is so different now than it was in years past, but you still need guys that can do things that these guys can do, whether you need a guy who's good in coverage, whether you need a guy that's good against the run, whether you need a guy that's good at blitzing, or just a solid tackler, a solid veteran in the middle of the defense. Maybe you need one of these guys to come in and wear the green dot because a veteran gets hurt on your team in training camp. I'd be interested in seeing what where these guys go as well, but not the same kind of impact that I think an edge rusher or a defensive lineman would have just because you can limit the holes. The, you can limit the things that a, a weaker linebacking core diminishes you of a little bit better than those positions. Uh, DBs, there's some good ones out there. Safety. Uh, John Johnson uh, from the Browns was released. He's still out there. I think there's one or two specific really good fits for him. Adrian Amos uh, from the Packers is still out there. Deron Harmon, a, a good special teamer, has been a quality rotational guy. He started a lot of last year. And LaMarcus Joyner from the Jets, I think, could be a good depth play role. Corners, Marcus Peters, Casey Hayward, Anthony Brown from the Cowboys, Eli, Eli Apple, Fabian Moreau, Troy Hill. I think if you bring those guys in as depth, you know, as a number three um, cornerback depth, I'd say next to offensive line depth is so important. Those guys can get hurt at any time. It's such an up and down position in terms of play and quality of play that having good depth is so important. I think, you know, these guys are probably also ones, the, the corners here specifically, are looking to find what's going to be the right situation, what's going to be available to me. Um, so, so still some solid names out there in terms of defensive backs. All right, let's quickly run through a few teams. Well, really all the teams and a few of their needs. Again, this isn't, so this isn't going to be, this team needs an upgrade at this position. All right. This is more looking at the teams and saying what position was a need at the beginning of the off season or became a need throughout the off season and they haven't addressed it yet. And, and they specifically could be lying in wait and thinking about one of these players I listed above and, and going to get one of those guys, right? So if this team, you know, made two free agent signings at wide receiver, and it seems like those guys are going to be starters, you know, I think about the Giants specifically. They have a lot of names in that wide receiver position. They, they drafted guys. They signed guys. They signed Darren Waller, the tight end. Um so I don't have wide receiver for them to be kind of a sneaky thing they're looking to go get because I think they've addressed the position. Whether or not they've done it well is a different question. It's not what we're doing here. So let's just run through these teams. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, I think, still could address the wide receiver position, even though they went and got Dalton Kincaid. Uh, the depth that true wide receiver, I think, is lacking, and they haven't really done anything to that position specifically. Um, they did get Trent Sherfield, but I don't, I, I don't think he's – a guy that really comes in and changes that offense. But again, maybe that's I'm going against my own rule here talking about the upgrade. But I don't think Trent Sherfield is a guy you bring in and you say, we've addressed the position with this. I think it's a nice signing, but I don't think you've addressed the position. Linebacker is also interesting for them. Obviously, Tremaine Edmund leave, Edmonds leaves, and they didn't bring anybody in. But I had this thought going into um, a, a couple weeks ago on the Phantom Football Podcast when we discussed the Bills and Ronan Summers was the one that brought it up on the podcast, said the same thing. 
him being a Rams fan and, and expert, Taylor Rapp coming in is is a box safety, and we know the Bills want to do something defensive, different defensively. So they could be looking at some three safety sets between him, Poyer, uh, Jordan Poyer, and Micah Hyde, rotating around, playing more in the box, playing more of a linebacker role. Um, if they want to do dimebacker situation, maybe play with more DBs, I think that would be interesting. So I would say that the more team need for the Bills, especially with having Josh Allen and having De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins available, I would say wide receivers in position for them. So look for them to maybe make a run at Hopkins. Uh, the Dolphins, I still have interior offensive line. You know, Liam, I can, you know, they went and got a tackle. Could they go get Ben Jones and kick um, the center, Connor Williams, um, back from center, back over to guard where he played all those years in Dallas? He was fine moving to center, um, but I think that was a guy that, you know, was a projection going from tackle to guard from the college to pros and then moving him from guard to center again, I think was fine. But I think if they moved him back to guard and put Ben Jones at center, then you could really be cooking. So that's what I'm wondering about for the Giants or for the Dolphins. Uh, the Patriots tackle. They let Isaiah Wynn go. They have Riley Reef there. Hey, I guess that's them addressing it. But again, and it's the Patriots. So they made those two or three draft picks for, for interior offensive linemen. They could kick one of those guys out to tackle and be fine. But that's the only one I could really come up with the Patriots. Could they go get one of these veteran tackles um, and, and see if they could be some depth or compete for that starting spot? And I didn't have anything for the Jets. I thought they covered all their bases really well. They got some receivers. Obviously, they got a quarterback. Their defense was already in good shape. Um, they got, uh, let's see, they, they I mean, they helped themselves at, uh, on the offensive line going into last year, but they drafted a center. So I think the Jets have really covered their bases pretty well. Whether or not it works, again, is a different question, but I think they've addressed everything they needed to. They have seen North, the Ravens, thin on the defensive line still. I'd be interested to see if they go get, you know, Matt Ioannidis is a guy I like, so by my luck, he'll probably end up on the Ravens. But one of those um, one of those guys on the defensive line with his hand in the dirt, I could see for Baltimore. The Bengals and safety, you know, they have two young guys there in um, – Jordan Battle, the draft pick from Alabama, and Dax Hill, the draft pick from Michigan last year. Could they go get one of these veterans, you know, a John Johnson or Daron Harmon to kind of play and, and be a veteran presence for the DBs there? Um, the Steelers, linebacker. Now I they've addressed this. So I know I know I'm breaking my rule on this one. Um, Tanner Muse, they draft Nick Herbig, who could be a hybrid linebacker. They get a Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb. So I'll just go ahead and take them off, although I want them to do something at linebacker. But they did just address their number three edge rusher position by sending Marcus Golden um, just this past week. So really no huge holes on the roster that they haven't addressed there. Uh, And the Browns, uh, still, you know, linebackers. Darius Smith, if you want to count him as a linebacker or edge rusher, I could see them still going for someone more off the ball. They, they, made an attempt last year um it didn't really work out but uh you know they did address the defensive line uh so other than that i'd say linebacker for the browns afc south the texans defensive line you know i would say receiver but they brought in noah brown and they brought in robert woods so i'd say defensive line for the texans they could go after one of those big guys um the colts they did address corner by way of the draft with Julius Brents um, and Darius Rush. But I don't know if, you know, 
going with two rookies is necessarily addressing it. I don't know if they, I mean, they traded Stefan Gilmore though. See, I'm working through this in real time. So I appreciate you guys. Um, so I'd say they address the cornerback position, but then I'd just say right guard, you know, are they going to count on Will Fries to, to start again? I could see them going for, you know, Roger Saffold, I think on this team would be great. Anthony Richardson, you know, you're, you know, a Shane Steichen offense with a mobile quarterback and Jonathan Taylor. I, I think Roger Saffold would be a fantastic fit here for the Colts. Um, Jaguars defensive line, they haven't really addressed. It, it was a need going into the draft. They had to take care of a few other things on the offensive line because of some other circumstances. Um Let's see, maybe safety. I mean, they went and got Antonio Johnson in the fifth round. I don't know if you think that counts, but I'd say defensive line, especially if they wanted one of those edge rushers. I think that would be fun for the Jaguars, a team trying to make a leap. Um, if you could go get Leonard Floyd or Yannick Ngakwe, who I forget, did he play for the Jaguars before? Um, so maybe he wouldn't wouldn't want to go back. I think he did. Yeah, he was, that was who drafted him 2016, 2019. Might not want to go back. So Leonard Floyd, I think, would be interesting for the Jaguars. Um, and the Titans wide receiver still still just kicking it on, and they haven't done anything with that. So if they went, I, I don't think they'd swing for a DeAndre Hopkins, and I don't think they'd want to go there. But could we see them go get Corey Davis back? Right? You know, if the Jets make him available. Could we see the Titans say, man, we wish we, you know, didn't let him go. We didn't let him walk. Let's go bring him back. Um, I think that would be interesting. Uh, the Broncos going into the AFC West, they've addressed all their needs on paper. They went and got a backup quarterback. They went and uh, kept their defensive line, at least with pretty good bodies. Uh, they went and made improvements on the offensive line. I don't have anything here for the Broncos. Uh, the Chiefs, wide receiver and defensive line. Primarily as edge rushers, they let, as I said, Dunlap and, and Frank Clark both are free agents. Maybe they end up bringing one of those guys back. Um, receiver, you know, they drafted Rasheed Rice, but they uh, obviously let Juju Smith-Schuster go. They didn't, and, and, you know, they brought in Richie James. So, again, that's the receiver is more do they go get one of those gadgety guys. Um, and it's it's the Chiefs. It's hard to say that they really need to do anything. But I would say both, you know, re receiver and edge. Uh, and receiver, again, uh, circumstances of the players available. DeAndre Hopkins, could we see him land there? And then the, either those gadgety guys, Byron Pringle or Demarcus Robinson, I mentioned at the top. Could we see them fill that veteran wide receiver role? And then with Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap gone, uh, I know they went in the draft and got Felix Anaduke Uzama. But do we see them go get one of those bigger uh, veteran guys? Uh, the Raiders... Didn't do anything with the offensive line in the draft, um, specifically at tackle. I would like to see them make an upgrade over Jermaine Luminor. You know, that you know, is that a Lyle Collins or Jonah Williams team or you know, a George Fant team or, or something like that? I would be interested in that for sure. Um, and again, anything on the defense, it, it's still rough for the Raiders, but I'll I'll stick with that offensive line primarily. Chargers. Uh, defensive line, they still, you know, haven't really addressed. I mean, Tui Tui Pelotu from USC, we'll see. He's more of a pass rusher. Um, I could see them going for one of those guys kind of in the middle um, on the defensive line would be fun. But specifically, I want to talk about them in safety. Uh, Nasir Adderley retired this year. Um, and John Johnson played his best season when he was on the Rams and Brandon Staley was his defensive coordinator. 
Could we see a reuniting there of those two guys as Staley kind of maybe coaches for his job this season, really needs to improve the defense. He could bring someone in that has played in this defense before that he knows has had success and is available still. So John Johnson as a safety, as the safety going to the Chargers, filling that role, I'd be really interested in. The NFC East, not a lot of holes here. You know, the Giants, they addressed a lot of things. They addressed the center position, the cornerback position, um, the wide receiver slash pass catcher position. They brought back Daniel Jones and Saquon. Um, so that's all interesting. The Cowboys, their biggest needs for wide receiver and corner. They traded for Cooks and Stephon Gilmore. That's great. The Eagles just uh, continue to restock the cupboard every single season, so I'm not concerned about anything there. The Commanders, uh, I mean, I would say offensive line still, but they did go get Nick Gates and Andrew Wiley, so I'll give them, give them that. They did address the offensive line. But linebacker, you know, they let Cole Holcomb walk, um, who was injured, so you could say, uh, you know, in terms of where they were at last year, what he was giving them versus, you know, what now, what because of that, what they actually in net total lost out on maybe isn't too much, but, you know, what what's the position there for them? Are they going to use all those safeties, right? Uh, similarly to the Bills, where they have a bunch of defensive backs now. Can they make anybody a dimebacker in that? I think, you know, Landon Collins is still out there. He was kind of that hybrid safety linebacker. Could he come back and, and play a role for, for the commanders? That would be interesting, I think. Um, so, so I'll say that linebacker position uh, for Washington. NFC North, the Bears, the defensive line, you know, they, they did stuff in the draft for that, but still nothing that makes you think um, they're, they're going to be much better. But again, so they, they addressed everything, though. Defensive line, they, they went to the draft linebacker. They went to free agency, wide receiver, trade, um, interior offensive line, a mix of both free agency and draft. So uh, the, the Bears really covered all their bases. Lions covered all of their bases, you know, Cam Sutton at corner. They went and got a new linebacker, Jack Campbell in the draft. Um, so they covered their bases as well. Packers, safety. Uh, they let Adrian Amos walk, who played like uh, almost all the snaps last season. And, you know, what's up with Darnell Savage? He had his role reduced last year. So what's the plan there at safety? Could they just bring Amos back and roll with those two guys? And then Vikings, defensive line. That was something that I thought was a need going into the offseason. And then they lose Dalvin Tomlinson and trade um Zadarius Smith. So could they do something with either the edge rushers or defensive linemen that I talked about being available? Um NFC South, the Falcons. Uh actually the NFC South, <laughs> funnily enough, I think they all covered all of their bases, at least from a what did they do in the offseason standpoint. I thought all four teams, Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Bucks, went after their team needs. They brought guys in, draft free agents. Um, anyone they lost, they they replaced at least in name, at least on paper. Whether it works out or not, we'll see. But I thought all four teams did a pretty good job of addressing their team needs going into the offseason. And then the NFC West, uh, Cardinals, I just said LOL, it it doesn't matter. The the Cardinals have holes everywhere and they're happy with that. The Rams, uh, uh LOL defense. Um, specifically, I could see the Rams, you know. If, if somebody, you know, just wants to come out to L.A. and uh, is fine on a minimum contract, I mean, they drafted a ton of offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Um, you know, they have, they have young guys at corner. But 
not not a lot going on there, but I think that is a little bit by design as well. The Niners and defensive back, um, you know, I thought corner was a position they could have upgraded and they, you know, didn't really address that. Then Jimmy Ward leaves in free agency. They draft Jair Brown in the third round. But could we see them go after one of these corners, right, to really just help them be competitive? We saw what Charvarius Ward did for them just as a high-end number two or middle of the pack, number one corner. Could a Marcus Peters go here? Could a Casey Hayward go here as, as a number two, a Fabian Moreau or an Anthony Brown even coming off of his injury? And could we see, you know, one of those guys come in as the number two and make an impact? Um, and then Seahawks, coincidentally enough, I said interior offensive line, well, that's partly because they released guard Gabe Jackson. Um, but this is primarily a, a center focus uh for them they you know had their starting center from last year Austin Blythe excuse me um he retired they brought in Evan Brown where are they going to put him how good is he really do you want him being your starting anything for 17 games probably not um so yeah those those are all the teams that's that's everybody just kind of as I see some team needs here at the end of May as we do OTAs some of the free agents that are still out there um obviously still some quality names especially from a just depth perspective if if that's what you're worried about for your team um but that's everything i have for you guys today again weird week but i appreciate well not weird week great week um but weird schedule for the pod so i appreciate you guys dealing with this different format this week we will be back next week uh business as usual we'll talk some nba finals and we'll see what else we talk about and who we get to have on so really appreciate you all being here have a great week have fun and be safe out there